2: What Will Be Here, Episode 2, Roger Roll. Content warnings for this episode include swearing, the sound of a sword fight, and multiple off-screen explosions. See the show notes for more details and a link to the transcript.
3: Hi, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm running a little bit behind schedule right now. I may or may not have fallen asleep after clocking out at the lab, so please excuse all the background noise. Uh, I'll be out of the house in one second, and everything will be smooth sailing when I get on the road. Now, where did I put my phone? Aha! And just like that, we're good to go. Bye, Mom. Bye, honey. So that was my mother. We don't always get along, but she's pretty chill. Do you all have moms or parents? Maybe you like grow from buds or reproduce by cloning? But I guess even clones have parents. Oh crap, I forgot my water bottle. It's the Savannah issued reusable one, which is like the only reusable water bottle in the world. You know, to help save the planet and all that jazz. Savannah's really thoughtful like that. Let me go grab it real quick. Hi, Mom. Hey, Julie, can you try to keep it down? I'm working over here. Sorry, I'm just getting a refill. Are you still trying to finish the reassignment letter? Just need a closing line, and I won't have to think about this again for another three months. Hmm. How about something like, It's been a pleasure working with you all, but Savannah needs me elsewhere. Or is that too wordy? Too formal? Mm-hmm little. Hmm. But it's a start. Well, you're welcome. Good evening, Jules.
2: The The weather right now now is is mostly smoggy, with a slight breeze. Good Good choice to wear a sweater sweater today. Traffic is light and flowing without problem, thanks to our well-trained Savannah Savannah officers keeping a close eye on the roads. As As always, if you see something strange, we'll know right away. Don't dismay. Someone Someone from Savannah is on the way.
3: Nothing quite like a long-winded Savannah update. Sasha, please play my chill vibes playlist. Of course, Jules. Okay, hi everyone. Today's recording is about connections and how we make them here. Everyone on this team is so different from one another. And I love that. I mean, we've got a physicist and a psychologist working on the same project but you're probably wondering how such wildly different people came together. Personally, I'd never even been to the underground before I started the team. And now, I'm down there like every other day. And that's all thanks to this bunch of strangers that I didn't even know a month ago. It's really something how one little thread can tie people together. I hope that humans are still like that in your time. And if humans aren't around anymore, I hope that you can see for yourself that no one is ever so different from you that you can't find common ground. But first, it's kind of stuffy in here. Sasha, can you turn the air up? Of course, Jules. Let me know if you need anything else. I'm always listening. Thanks, Sasha! Right. So, Team Rocket. Rocket. Uh, Sasha? Yes, Jules? Is there... Um an off button for you? Hmm. No, No, there there isn't. I'm I'm here here to to keep you comfortable and safe, and and danger danger never never sleeps.
2: So, I cannot be disabled.
3: Why do you ask? Just wondering. That's fine. Thank you. Anytime. Uh, so, yeah, the team is gonna rock it. Because... We all have different passions, but we're putting them together to reach a common goal. A goal that gives us all a chance to do something we love. Like Armani. Armani has been obsessed with space since they were little. Their family told them stories about the times back when you could actually see the stars from like almost anywhere. And they've been hooked ever since. They wanted to work at NASA when they grew up, but you know, that's not a thing anymore. They basically were on board from the second I explained that we'd be doing something out of this world. <laughs> and then I met Kay. Super fun to talk to. Super terrifying to work with. Air psychologist, but also an amazing mechanic topside, which is how Ari knows him. They used to hit up Air Garage for spare parts. They hit it off somehow, probably over a titanium flange or something and Armani introduced us. Kay is a genius when it comes to machines, but sometimes A gets so caught up in having fun that I get seriously concerned. Like when we met for the first time at Air Garage, I reached out for a handshake and almost got a blowtorch to the face. Air more careful to pay attention to which prosthesis air wearing these days, which is good because I lost half an inch of hair. Have you ever smelled burnt hair? Actually, Kay's workspace pretty much always smells like burnt hair. Thank you for choosing Savannah Streaming Service.
2: We hope you're enjoying your ride.
3: Anyway, um... Oh! Sherry and Dane. That's a little complicated, but it all comes back to Armani. I hope I get this right. Armani's neighbor's cousin's ex-wife was a model for one of Sherry's mom's photography projects... And Armani stopped by the studio once to bring her lunch. That's how they met Dane and Shuri. And Armani makes friends fast and forever, you know? We're all proof of that. So they called up Dane in a heartbeat. Now, Dane... He's a physicist. Real smart guy. Real passionate about doing what's right. Or he used to be, based on what Armani's told me about him. He's kind of... Tired now... He still wants to put his knowledge to good use. That's how Armani convinced him. They appealed to that big brain of his. We needed someone who could handle calculations and coding, and the physicist in his heart couldn't resist. He's got a bit of an attitude, but I don't mind. It's kind of cute when he's just sitting there at his work desk pouting with his little stress ball. Under the prickliness, he's a really sweet, caring person. And because of that, Armani was dead sure he would be way easier to convince than Shuri. Dane and Shuri are basically siblings. Or literally siblings. I don't really know how to ask without making it weird. Either way, they came as a package. Once Dane was on board, he pretty much dragged Shuri on with him. And we are so lucky he did. Shuri is crazy efficient, and she knows everyone in the underground. And they probably owe her favors. She's been so good at sourcing materials and getting us everything we need, and... And, and... Shuri actually has connections topside, too. She... Is everything everything alright, Jules? Jules?
2: Do you you need need anything? anything?
3: No, I'm fine, Sasha. Uh, I won't get into it right now, but let's just say I'm a fan of Shuri's work. Um, well, that's the rundown on the team. And a little bit of background on everybody. I don't... I don't think I should say anything more for now. Kinda seems like one of those things the others would advise me not to do. Actually, they probably would have advised me not to say anything in this car in the first place. But, what's done is done. Whoopsie! It can be our little secret. I should probably focus on the road anyway. These self-driving cars still leave room for error after all. So, I'll sign off for now. And with our customary phrase, ask yourself... What will be here? We already have. Savannah,
2: we're always watching over you.
4: In the beginning, there was nothing. Also, the story goes. There are multiple beginnings when you think about it, just as there are multiple ends. Many stories of creation are about the same thing, the same world a world that is, currently, falling apart. For the Greeks, the nothingness was chaos, literal emptiness, and creation was Farnes, who cracked from a cosmic egg and gave way to the creation of the Earth, Gaia, and the sky, Uranus, and so on and so forth. Creation through the power of action. For the Egyptians, there was only darkness, which was embraced by the primeval ocean, out of which life would come in the form of the god Artem, who created himself out of nothing. Creation through the power of thought. But my personal favorite, or, well, the one I believe fits our trials the most, is the Norse mythos. In order to create the world, the first being Ymir was killed and his remains were fashioned into the world, just as our remains will hopefully be fashioned into the next. Creation through the power of destruction. All these people lived their lives through stories. They followed the superstitions coined by them, even if they forgot the actual meaning. And in Norse mythology, the end of the world started with a death, the same way it began. I mean, there was also really bad weather, but that's not the point. Our world is falling apart. Though instead of actually recognizing that, big bucks like Savannah sweep everything under the rug. The deaths, and yes, somehow the bad weather. What we're doing, it's dangerous. And people could get hurt if we were found out. Hell, people could get hurt even if no one ever learned about it. There is always a danger to building something like this. A miscalculation, a wrong decimal, or even a drop of fuel too little, and this whole thing could go sideways. Who knew building a rocket would actually be rocket science? I mean, I should. I am the one who's actually building the thing. God, I hope I don't mess this up.
5: God fucking damn it! Jesus.
4: Dang, could you stop yelling? I'm trying to record. Fuck that recording! Don't let Jules hear you say that. You might hurt her feelings. Where is Jules, anyway?
5: Uh, What the fuck? It's still wrong? Do you need any help? No, I... I got it. Just... Let me run the numbers again okay then
4: alright now where was I
1: not to worry not to worry it's just a small scale fire it's fine
4: (laughs) Uh, Ragnarok can't we come
1: ugh Jules is back on me about recording, so I guess I better do that. But doesn't she know I have work to do? Okay, you don't have to do it right now. I said soon. I'm doing it right now. Whatever works for you. Right now works for me. And look, I won't even go into the ducks this time. I don't need to do work in the ducks at the moment, but that's beside the point. Break time has come. It's break time, brakes are an important part of working, and despite Jules' best efforts to distract me, I'm actually ahead of schedule. The engine design is coming along, and I've already started on the exhaust nozzles. I've also begun prepping the entire exhaust system. I don't think the others have fully realized the implications of an indoor rocket launch. But I've got them covered. Maybe I'll tell Armani and save them some sleep down the line when it does inevitably occur to them. Dane is hopeless, though. He wouldn't realize a thing until it was late. Oh, speaking of Dane realizing things, I do need to remember to replace his hair tie with an actual o-ring, or else that is going to cause a few problems. Hair ties. A great temporary solution, but they won't last or prevent leaks when the system is pressurized. Not again. Replace o-ring and left side washer by new hair ties for Dane. He is not going to want the ones covered in machine oil, if they even survive the compression. Sue! Recording. Audience. Listener. Yes. I'd ask you if you had any questions for me, but that isn't going to work now, is it? So, I will ask for you. (coughs) Okay, genius mechanic and innovator, what's the point in building things while the world falls apart around you? Excellent question. (laughs) Well phrased. I'd ask in return, though. What else am I going to do? Hmm, Sit around and watch the world crumble? I'm sure as hell not gonna do that. Sounds super boring. I'll take any alternative to doing that. Part of making things is fixing broken ones. Sometimes the shit you build starts literally falling apart before you, and yeah, you can watch it, but if you're not taking notes for the next round of prototyping, what are you even doing? The entropy of the universe is always increasing. Things want to fall apart. And you've got to accept that when you decide to make them. I'm not here to leave behind some grand legacy, like somebody. I build things for myself. Unless there's a part to machine or a design to assemble. I'm thinking about my next project and creating the blueprints for it in my brain. There's always something to create i am constantly making something half of the things i want to build won't work anyway and the end of the world isn't going to stop me from trying (laughs) oh yeah shuri understands how i feel she gets the need to create understands the calmness that that piecing a project together brings The only time my thoughts are capable of pausing is when I'm really focused on making something. The rest of the time, I've got 50 other tangents rattling around up there, fighting for my attention. My to-do list is a kilometer long, and it's not getting any shorter. There's no way I'm getting through all of it, and... You know, that's okay. I'm not here for the end product. Though, I'll admit... It's nice when things are done. I'm here for the process, hmm? Here for the making. If I don't create, who the hell am I? What the hell am I doing? If this world is ending, I'm going out building a goddamn rocket, or a fucking teleporter, or that flamethrower jetpack. Hmm. Honestly?
5: FINGERS CROSSED, this WORKS. God, FUCK! Shit. Ah, good. The recorder's okay. Jules would kill me if I broke this thing. I mean, I did bet Shuri that Kay would break it before I did, but still, don't want Jules mad at me. She's already been on my case about the fucking cursing. No
1: swearing! Oh, not you two!
5: <laughs> okay, back to work. I've been trying to get this stupid code to run, but it keeps crashing on me. Ugh. One of the downsides of making your own programming language is that when your code doesn't work, you can't just look up how to fix it. But I pretty much had to create it. Python uses way too much memory, and we don't have much to spare. Not to mention, having to deal with dynamic scoping would be a major pain, since i need to pull data from multiple functions c++ is too slow for what i needed to do wendish started having compatibility problems with some of the new circuitry neon levo only has a light version available to the general public and it's suspicious as fuck to use valdemar after that string of cyber attacks. Torsten requires you to know Russian, and Armani won't help me translate it. And the processing power needed to run Schleswig is only found on Savannah server farms. Hmm. Also, fuck Java. I don't know anyone that's touched it in the last 50 years. It's impossible to read, and can't even map large continuous file segments. What is even the point, I- I- (sighs) Anyways, I ended up creating my own programming language. I call it CramNet. Because you know you just cram all those nuts in there. <laughs> you get it? Because you, you know it's just, it's a pseudo neural net, and you pack in as many as you can <laughs> in, into the into the code. And um, <clears throat> right. So um, I've been trying to program the course our rocket will take once it leaves the atmosphere. Gotta avoid the truly ridiculous blanket of ocelot astro-satellites that make it almost impossible to just blast out of the atmosphere in a straight line. Well, not so much a straight line, but nothing in the universe is actually straight, because of the gravitational pull of literally anything that winds up in space and- anyway, it's a physics joke. Just a little nerd humor, or or queer humor. Either way, Ocelot has capitalized on every inch of the thermosphere and exosphere, which means I have to do some fancy programming to make sure our rocket has enough self-awareness to navigate on its own. Did I mention I'm a physicist? Did you know there are actual people who specialize in AI and they're not fucking physicists? (sighs) And it's not just the AI navigation I need to figure out. I've narrowed down our launch window to like a five day period every couple of months or so. We got real lucky, we're already pretty close to the equator. That'll give our rocket an initial speed of over 1,650 kilometers per hour. Earth will give us just a little extra push. After that, I have to program a few different trajectory correction maneuvers, forcing the rocket to tilt this way and that using external sensors that K's going to be attaching to the hull. I have to be careful not to allow the rocket to use too much fuel, otherwise it won't be able to make it out of the solar system, or it might just spiral off in a random direction. After a certain point, we won't be able to actually communicate with the rocket. So I have to be absolutely sure it's going to be able to maintain its trajectory using an autonomous flight system, which recycles some of the code from the satellite dodging system, but needs a whole different scope. From there, I have to program a whole bunch of safety mechanisms just in case the entire system craps out. (sighs) So, right now, each program runs when I test it in isolation. But when I try to run everything together, the system just hangs and I can't figure out why. I'm pretty sure I've closed any infinite loops. The transitional coding is more or less streamlined. I've tried a lot of diagnostic code, and none of it throws any errors. I've thrown in fail and they haven't fucking saved anything. I could use a debugger, but since there isn't one designed for CramNet, I would have to create one from scratch, and I, I don't have the time or patience to do that, so now I'm just scrolling my code, hoping I'll magically spot a single simple mistake that fixes everything.
4: Hey, Dane. Dane? Dane? You? Earth to Dane? Oh
5: shit, sorry. Hey, Armani.
4: What's going on? You look like you're contemplating launching that computer into space right alongside our rocket.
5: (sighs) Thinking about it, honestly. I've been staring at this code for hours now and can't figure out why it keeps crashing. Hmm. May I? Be my guest. Oh.
4: Here. You missed
5: a Colin. Are you fucking kidding me? Language? I have been sitting here for five hours trying to figure out what the hell I've been doing wrong. And it's because of a colon. Not even a semicolon!
4: Look, it's always the little things that'll get you. I wouldn't worry too much about it.
5: I, I, I need a drink. Or a nap. Why not both? Did you need something, by the way? Oh, yeah. Jules.
0: Ah! Now, Miss Suri, which I'm afraid I must insist on calling you since you refuse to give me your family name, I don't appreciate you making such frivolous offers on this. Do you know what sort of trouble I would be in if Savannah knew I was skimming this? Wiring that can withstand the sorts of temperatures inside a boiler doesn't come cheap. You think
7: I don't know that? That's why I'm buying
0: it from you and not from Savannah. (laughs) True, true. And I'm certainly cutting you a break here. But 15,000 credits for over 200 feet of wiring. Do you want this or not? Because I'm sure I can find another. Buyer.
7: Come on, Sintil, let me take another look at this. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I can make do with just a portion. This isn't the 2218 stuff, is it? Better
0: tensile strength than the 2218. Hmm.
7: Listen, Sintil, I have a broken boiler. Help me out here. <laughs> That's not my problem. 15,000 for 60 meters? You've got a deal. Now, where did I put that pad? Hmm. Ask yourself what Ooh. will be here. We
0: already have. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you'll just sign here pa- in a hurry.
7: Who's that behind you? What? Hey! Monday, really. <laughs> no. I'm not here! Rhinoceros! Thank you for the warning! Oh, thank gout! She just ran into the
0: alley. She owes me 70,000 for that vase. Get her! Thank you, ma'am. Now, what was that about?
7: I... made a bad contact. With a Savannah spy? He seemed legit. It was a
0: mistake. Well, let's hurry up and get you upstairs before anyone follows him. You never know what the chain of communication is with that corporation.
6: Nora, what are you doing up so early? We don't close for another hour.
0: Shori had a little scuffle.
6: Well, did you win?
0: You know
7: it.
6: Good. Do I want to know what that wire is for? Nope. Tell me you're not making a bomb.
7: I'm not making a bomb, Sativa. Long story short, we're sending out a sort of historical record. So people in the future will have, like, one accurate source of information about what was here.
6: Sounds like one of Dane's projects. Did you bring him in?
7: What sort of sister do you think I am? He got me involved in the first place. I just hope this will hold up. Is that 2218 wiring? Sure hope so. But I don't trust the seller. I couldn't get 2219, and the stuff from earlier years has been outside too long. Fucking acid rain. Oh, right. I meant to check. (sighs) Good. Didn't break the respirator when I got shoved to the ground by that rhino. You aren't planning on going topside, are you? Just for a little while. Need to see an old friend about some heat shielding. Might get my skates tuned up a little, too.
6: Well, just be careful. You know we've got nothing against a little resistance to Savannah, but we don't want to lose you.
0: Oh, hush, Sativa. She's a grown woman. She knows how to handle a couple of Savannah agents. I did learn from some of the best. Hey, I just taught you a bit about property destruction for a good cause— you're the one scalping materials off of Savannah helicopters 50 feet in the air. On this one, I think the student has become the
7: master. Give yourself some credit. I'm not the one who painted Gout Noker's personal vehicle with a paintball <laughs> gun.
6: <laughs> that was a good one.
7: Actually, do you mind if I borrow the paintball gun this weekend? Gina's trying to get me some more rivets and she lives in prime paintballing territory.
6: Sure. Just leave the sumac red. I think I might have a commission next week with that one.
7: Deal. (laughs) (sighs) Did I record that entire encounter? (sighs) Well, I hope you enjoyed the action sequence, I guess. Shit. Jules is going to kill me if she finds out about this maybe she hasn't figured out how to rewind yet.
2: This episode was written by Brad Colebrook, Chandler Harrison, Cole Burkhart, D. Reese, and Talmanir, with script editing by Evan Tess Murray. It was directed by Tal Manier, sound design by Brad Colbrook, and features Jonah Loon as Jules, Kathy Youssef as Armani, John Y. Kamara as Dane, Vico Ortiz as Kay, and Sahar Iman as Shuri. This episode also features Caroline Minx as Jules' mom, Brad Colbrook and Tal Manier as Sasha, Cole Burkhart as Sintil, Lindsay Zanna as Nora, and Chijoke Williams as Sativa. Special thanks to Nico Goldstein, Evan Tess-Murray, and Chandler Harrison for voicing the three merchants. The theme music is by Benny James and the transcript is by Caroline Minks. What Will Be Here is primarily produced in Long Beach on the stolen land of the Quiche Nation.